welcome to Avid Watchers. My name is Mary-Kate Cheetah. I'm Adam Nix. And today we are going to be discussing the 2020 film, The Lovebirds. Adam, do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so The Lovebirds uh, is a Netflix original movie. Uh, came out just this May, uh, May 22nd. Uh, and is directed by Michael Showalter, um, known for Wet Hot American Summer, um, at least by me, and uh, writers Aaron Abrams and uh, Brendan Gall. Uh, the stars of the show movie are Issa Rae and Kumail Nanjiani. Um, and the premise is really that it's a couple. Um, it starts out with this couple meeting for the first time, falling in love. Um, having the best date ever, and then it cuts to four years in the future. Um, four years in the future, uh, as it usually goes with uh, relationships in this kind of movie, um, is at the brink of collapse. Um, and right before that uh, eventual collapse happens, um, they get they fall into this uh, murder mystery plot of sorts. Um, and it's both a comedy, but kind of a look at uh, relationships and finding each other again. Um, uh, some cliches, but some really fun uh, acting plot lines, and uh, I really enjoyed it. What did you think, MK? I really enjoyed it. I think I basically was positive that I was going to like it <laughs> um, because I love Kumal Nanjiani and Issa Rae, and I have seen the trailer several times, and I thought the trailer was hilarious. And so I felt like I was just getting really good vibes from it, as well as I know a couple people that watched it and really liked it. So I think because of that, I like knew it had an it had good endorsements already. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was kind of curious because um, yeah, I really like both of these actors, and the I guess it's not really the type of movie I would usually watch. Just I guess like the. I don't know. Maybe it is. It's kind of that in between between a rom-com and like a goofy romp. Um, and I just I thought it hit all the right notes. And I think it was mostly just uh, Kamail and Issa uh, doing their like thing and just like the dialogue they had. Like, I don't think I really yeah. cared that much about the plot. Like I was like, no, I, I didn't care know. about the murder mystery. I just thought it was really funny and like pretty endearing. Right. I listened to a podcast talk about the film and I think it's really interesting, at least to me, to talk about maybe what other critics are saying and if we do or don't agree with them. What they were saying is that the plotting wasn't very good and that it was, um, this part of it I actually really agreed with. There is a huge tonal problem with it kind of being like, funny, good time to like, oh, all of those frat boys were just shot in the head. <laughs> like they're straight up dead. And like three minutes ago, we were like joking about them. And like, it was just like, shit got real really fast. And it, the tone was just like very different in like a second, no notice. <laughs> yeah. And um, I mean, I even thought that when I was like, when there was the scene where the guy was getting like run over, it was like, really intense oh yeah i don't know i don't think it was i I mean it was like i think it's what made it a little unique like i don't know but it was like pretty brutal violence for like wacky people doing wacky things you know (laughs) so i guess i could see it i I don't think it was too much of a detractor but it was kind of like oh man like i feel like it's not usually that violent in these kinds of movies yeah so like knowing going into it that it was going to be about a relationship and it was also going to be kind of like an action comedy action movie basically like I knew going into it that it was going to have both of those elements and I think some of the criticism was that it couldn't really decide which one it was and I didn't feel like it needed to decide like I I thought that even though the plot maybe wasn't the strongest it didn't really need for me need to be strong for me to enjoy it and I felt like the relationship stuff I really liked and thought was interesting. And I didn't know that at the beginning of the film they were going to have broken up before everything happened. Yeah, I thought, based on the trailer, I thought it was going to be like all on their first date or something. 
Um, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I think I thought that they had been together for a while and that, that maybe that first clip was like a flashback. I don't know why I would have thought that, but I did not think that they were going to have broken up right before that. And I thought that was like, since the trailer did kind of give a lot of stuff away, <laughs> I thought that that part of it was like a fun surprise. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe I didn't even watch the whole trailer. I just remember the beginning with like, um, like them talking about how much they love each other, and then they're in the car, and the murder right. happens, and they're like, "Oh," which is <laughs> I don't I don't know. I mean, that's like the the plot, right? Right. Um, it was. It is, but it was funny watching it. I watched it with my two of my roommates, and one of them had never seen the trailer and probably had never even heard of it beforehand, and she was like very confused, or like she was like oh, like, the guy who, like, got in and said he was a cop, she was like, um, is he gonna show his badge? Like, what the heck? <laughs> and, like, stuff like that. And I was like, girl, no, he's not a cop. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. But, like, it was funny because, like, Bridget and I were like, yeah, we know that's, like, this isn't gonna go well. Yeah, <laughs> it seemed like girlfriend, like, she hadn't seen anything and yeah, it's just like, like, what is it? Is this, like, is this actually a comedy? You know, like, when things get so intense there. Um, she said that? Yeah. <laughs> but i i was kind of thinking about like you know like the overall plot like the reveals and stuff weren't that interesting but like with a movie like this or like other like you know like the the goofy adventure of sorts like i think what i do kind of like about it is that they obviously just like people like come up with these bits in like a room and say like how do we like somehow filter the characters into this situation where um, they have to decide between getting kicked in the chest by a horse and like getting bacon grease poured in them or like they, they're suddenly in like an apartment with a frat bro like interrogating him you know it's like it's like the the overarching plot really doesn't matter as much as it does like oh getting them into like each situation and having them do some weird stuff there which like right. having Kumail Anjiani and Issa Rae doing that I think is what makes the movie um yeah yeah the the writing was really funny like uh mm-hmm. i don't know like I, I just thought they they did really well and i don't know if the movie would do that well without these two like kind of carrying it <laughs> yeah definitely not i think one of the critiques i heard as well was about the writing like was about the script and i remember during the movie thinking oh this is a, such a funny script and now i'm like thinking either i just get disagree with the two critics or Issa Rae and Kumal Nanjiani like kind of took the script and made it better by how funny they are and the chemistry that they have um because they I really do think that they had like believable chemistry which is like I liked that because I think a lot of times nowadays and I'm sure in the past as well they'll kind of just be like, oh, those two, they're famous. Like, they're they're kind of famous. And, like, let's just throw them in a movie together and see what happens. <laughs> and then, like, it's not always great. Like, it's there's not always a lot of chemistry. And I thought that they did well with their scenes. Yeah, and I think they were, like, pretty invested in this, right? Like, weren't they both producers for this yeah, movie? Yeah, they were executive producers. I saw yeah. that in the beginning credits, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I think it was just, it was really, like, it was them like and i I didn't think the script was funny though i thought it was like i don't know i just thought it was like fun and goofy just like a good time yeah i think i would have had more respect for the filmmakers had i felt like the plot came together better um but it i wouldn't say that it like took away from my experience because like thinking back on it it was kind of confusing and and we can talk about that and see if you understood it better because like I do want to talk about it but in the end it it isn't really it doesn't really matter like that's not really what it was about but it it also does matter in a way (laughs) so that's why we should talk about it the major like exposition in the car you know but like yeah I mean if we really lay it all on the table here what happened was the the biker knew about this um this like group of like uh rich orgy goers (laughs) and him or he was basically um trying to get more out of this deal with this other guy to uh 
get money for pictures and stuff basically um basically like blackmailing these rich people now this guy that gets in the car and ends up killing the biker was in on the same thing with him but the biker basically ended up doing it with all these frat bros and the guy in the car was like like uh he betrayed me and it was just supposed to be He's me and taking him more money than he should yep okay. yeah and so then that guy killed him and basically this guy is a cop protecting the the orgy cult people and also blackmailing them at the same time okay so the thing that i i guess that i'm still confused about is like if the cop was protecting them and blackmailing them how does the biker come into it like why are they in on it together what is the biker doing for this guy well the biker was like just in on it with him um and i think he was he was like a member of sorts and he was like I mean, he was just in on the blackmailing right like yeah and helping sure. him out with like sending the mail and stuff yeah like it just i guess it just doesn't matter that much it just feels really <laughs> random yeah I, yeah and then like the cult itself like okay it's just like a bunch of rich people they come together some people get picked and they all just have sex on stage Right, and it's everyone like, else. I'm like, that's not even like that interesting. <laughs> yeah, and it's not really like it's not illegal. Like, why are the cops trying to bust it? Right, like. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Why would that? Be <laughs> maybe I'm dismissing something. Maybe there's it's like more. Like, yeah, maybe there's more to it. Yeah. I mean, the it makes sense that they wouldn't want to be like name part of the cult if you're like like for example like anna camp and who plays this the congressman's wife i apologize to the actor who plays the congressman i don't know his name but um they don't want the pictures to be released because it's a congressman and obviously he wouldn't want people to know that that's what he does but like other than that we don't really get a feel for like why this is so legal yeah i like the police really have any business like busting an orgy like if they're having an orgy let them have an orgy right i don't (laughs) is it because it's like in a in a public venue they rented i don't know i don't know but even then even then why is it like the swat team rolling (laughs) like there must be more going on or something yeah i guess like i mean they did like try and torture the main characters earlier but oh, yeah. only because that was there in the first place i don't know it just doesn't make sense and it just doesn't I was, matter i guess i was also really confused like so do we just want to talk about like different portions of it and not like run through it like, bit yeah i think we should talk about the highlights right? okay yeah so like there's this part where they like decide to go meet this woman on the biker guy's phone and I was like very confused about like who this person was or like how they even got to that point. I don't know if I just like wasn't paying attention, but I was like very confused. And then when they like got to her, I was like, what was their plan here? <laughs> I didn't understand like what the end goal was. I was like, did I miss something? Like, why would they go talk to this person? I guess I know that they were trying to solve the murder, but it just seemed like throwing yourself into danger with no plan. <laughs> do you agree right yeah i mean that's again it's like that thing is just like oh like got, gotta move them along you know but <laughs> it's like i guess like i could see from their perspective like they think they're like being like accused of this crime and this is literally the right. only thread they have they to go have nothing off. to lose yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so the other thing i was really funny was that there was like all of these like one liner like one liners that i was like Oh, I want to write that down. <laughs> but it's like not funny to be like, remember that one line and just read it. <laughs> but I feel like there were so many good moments, especially with Issa, I think, where she would just have like one line and I would like miss the next three lines because I was just laughing about the one line she had said earlier. <laughs> I really yeah, enjoyed that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, if I think about like some of my favorite scenes, really, like, I I thought like just like highlighting how funny these two were was when they were like interrogating the the uh, frat bro. Yeah. <laughs> I love that scene. And just them going back and forth, just like calling him bitch and like. <laughs> yeah. My favorite 
so I just, sorry, I should call her by her character name, Leilani, would just like randomly slap him for no reason. He'd be like, why? My favorite though is that before they even get there, they like try and get into the apartment um, of the biker and they like can't get in the front door and like she tries it and then it doesn't open and then he tries it and she goes, you thought it was a men only door? <laughs> you thought it would work just for you. Um, that was one of my favorite lines. And that was in the trailer. And I just like crack up when I heard that. See, that scene was like so funny. Like them interrogating the frat bro. Oh, one of my favorite things from the trailer too, which and in the film itself is like when like they're standing in his room and he comes in and he's like, wait, who are you? And he's like, oh, it's Bill Long's frat bro. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just like pounces and he like jumps on the bed and just like <laughs> just his tone when he's standing like oh dude it's been a long time yeah like that's yeah, totally it's normal like, that we're in here it's super funny and yeah none of it feels forced uh yeah so that scene is super goofy and then all of a sudden that kid is dead shot in the head and i'm like holy shit like this is dark and then and then she's like, I feel bad for calling him date rape McGee. <laughs> I'm like, this is, this is sad. Well, I think it is like, I mean, uh, yeah, it is kind of intense, but like those things do pay off when like, for instance, when they're in like the cop car with that guy, you know, and he's right. like, like, uh, uh, Gibran is like, you know, I feel like whatever number you're at in terms of like people you've murdered tonight, it's like, it's the <laughs> that's, right number. Yeah, that's, that's right. Right. yeah, don't go above that. I think you're good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, you I surprised? Was... You surprised that it was that he was a cop? I had no idea that was coming. Uh, I didn't, I didn't really see it coming, but I wasn't like surprised, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was like, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay. You could see but that. like when they left the, the police station, I'm like, oh, like someone is like, like one of the cops is in on this or whatever. But that was actually oh, okay. That was actually one of my only like, which is funny because I'm there are like probably literally a million nitpicks, but one that like stood out to me was I was like why would that cop have been alone taking them back to their house to like watch over them I feel like he would have had his partner with him and that didn't make a ton of sense I thought but like in this and again in like the scale of things it's like who cares it's just like plot wise it it is what needed to happen (laughs) but right I guess we should say, like, there are movies like this that have a much better plot. Like, yeah. I, I, I can't even name like, any right now. Like, it's possible, and it does matter, but it didn't ruin it for us. Right, exactly. Like, and I guess, like, I, maybe there's, like, the spectrum of, like, when the plot gets so bad, it feels so silly or right. to, like, you know, the other side of it, where it's, like, as long as it's, like, the characters are funny enough, and, like, I think it just had the the right balance in a sense that, yeah, I, I just did not care that the plot yeah it's dumb. It <laughs> yeah no again i feel like it would have been like an added bonus and i would have had like more respect and admiration <laughs> if it had really come together perfectly and if everything had been like oh that makes sense because of what we saw before and kind of like that thing where you're like oh i wouldn't have guessed that but that feels earned that's my favorite type of ending that isn't necessarily what I felt at the end of this, but it was still like such a fun movie. And I thought like the relationship stuff sprinkled in, I thought felt like natural in a way that like, if you were going through something traumatic with someone you were in a long-term relationship with, like there would be certain things that even though you're in a traumatic situation, you're still going to be trying to comfort them in the ways that you wouldn't normally in a normal more normal situation like in the car when she could tell that he was really she could tell that Jabron was really nervous so she started like singing like a Katy Perry song that was so cute yeah (laughs) I thought that was really cute and like I feel like maybe the critiques that I was talking about might have been like oh that didn't really fit with like the movie or whatever but like I thought that it was really cute moment that showed that they really are they know each other so well and they actually are a really good couple. I think the whole, the whole movie was like, why are these two kids breaking up? Like everyone felt like that, (laughs) that they were like great (laughs) together except for them for a little bit. Right. Yeah. And I think it is kind of one of those things I have to think about sometimes. Like I don't really, I haven't watched um, 
a lot of Issa Rae's stuff. Like I haven't seen uh, Insecure, um, mm-hmm. some of the other stuff that she's really known for. But in terms of Kumail Nanjiani, like I really have like seen him in a lot of different stuff. You know, like The Big Sick, mm-hmm. Silicon Valley, like stand up and. I think part of it is that, like, when you really do know, like, a comedian or someone like that, you know the actor, yeah. like, I think you, like, I love seeing him singing. Yeah. <laughs> Katy Perry, I don't know. Like, I think part of me is, like, even if it is cheesier, it doesn't work. Like, part of me is, like, well, I don't care. This is funny to me. So, yeah, exactly. I guess it's important to note those things. But, like, uh, um, I thought that scene was really cute. <laughs> I did, too. I thought it was really fun. Um, there were a couple other moments, I think that were just kind of about them. There was, one of them was that um, Leilani has a coworker who works in IT and Gibran is, really doesn't like the guy um, and she's pretty jealous of him. And Leilani, he ends up saying like, I don't like the way that you look at him. And um, it ends up that, so we forgot to mention this, but when they got into this accident, they were on their way to a dinner party with friends. So they end up going to the dinner party later in order to get this IT guy to help them get to the biker's phone. And that's like one of, I thought like one of the most, like the funniest scenes. And like, you really feel their chemistry during that scene because they have to basically put on this show in front of all their friends and pretend that Kumal has been just been boxing and that he has like a concussion. I can't remember his code to get into his phone. <laughs> and it's just like the super funny scene where they like, I just have to like play off of each other. What did you think of that scene? Uh, I really liked it too. Yeah. Just like Kumail, like looking at his phone and just being like, I don't know my password. <laughs> I can't even like hitting he himself on his head. <laughs> <laughs> and then he like puts his head on her shoulder and is just like, yeah, doctor, like, she... doctor. I don't even know my doctor's <laughs> name. It's just like so it's like, dumb. It's so we're dumb. not like, selling it right. Like we're we're not selling no. it, but it was a really good scene. <laughs> um, and basically, the IT guy ends up telling him like, she always is bragging about you because um, Gibran is a documentary filmmaker. And he's like, basically, she always talks about how talented you are. And she talks about you all the time. And he kind of realizes that, like, his jealousy was, like, totally in his own head and wasn't actually warranted. And I thought that was also, like, a very cute scene and realization. And then, like, at the same time, uh, Leilana's having, like, a similar realization where she's talking with her friend about like she thinks that like they're like this power her friend and her fiance are like this power couple and they're like we have sex all the time like you're like you guys are awesome and she's like oh no i just like post pictures that look like i have sex so i can uh like make my exes exes jealous jealous. yeah yeah (laughs) you know and it's like uh (laughs) again it's like kind of (laughs) yeah but it's like uh it is like a cheesy scene and I do feel like it's kind of like uh like oh no they didn't re- like they realized that they didn't like they were they were miscommunicating or whatever like right. they actually do care it care about each other like it feels kind of like surface level but like sure. again with this movie I'm kind of just like oh, I don't care like that was cute <laughs> and like I know it's surf- I know it is like pretty surface level but it's like it was enjoyable and I think like again Kamel Nanjiani and Issa Rae really pull off like just like a nice relationship here and like are just really yeah. good at like kind of sh- having that chemistry even if yeah. it's not like the deepest of movies. <laughs> I do think it brings up an interesting issue that obviously they didn't dive into a ton which would which makes sense but like how social media can put this pressure on your relationship to be like well why aren't we why aren't we like these people on Instagram and look at them. They're in bed together all the time. When in reality, you don't really know what's going on behind that picture and like maybe have like putting unrealistic expectations on yourselves and have eventually like 
an impact on the relationship. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that I don't know if they were. I feel like that's kind of what they were trying to say. Yeah, yeah, and I guess they just didn't really like. I don't know. They, like, it's one of the things. Like, well, yeah, and then it's like also like, well, they 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 call it out. They don't really spend that much time on it, but at least they mention it. I think they they do what they should with like the more serious relationship stuff in the movie, and then they move on to the goof, the fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's definitely. I think it's got a good amount of. It's got a good amount of humor, action, and then like a little bit of like heart is the best way to put it i think yeah uh, so i'm curious if you were doing some research on like i guess like the uh, critical like reception and everything of the movie do you feel like it's like i haven't really looked into it has it mostly been positive is it negative like kind of mixed i don't know it's hard to tell with these types of movies because they're not gonna get really high ratings no matter what even if it is a really good rom-com or something right i think so I don't know much about reviews other than what I've mentioned from that one podcast that I listened to, but um, it has a 66% of Rotten Tomatoes right now, which I know you hate Rotten Tomatoes, but <laughs> that's like not as good as I think it should be. I think it should be higher. Personally. But it's but, good for the movie it is, right? For like this kind of romantic yeah. like like uh, action. Like think about how many of those types of movies come out every year and just disappear from your mind in like a right. week, you know? I feel yeah. like, you know, have like a like 20% Rotten Tomato or less. Right. I don't know. I think one thing that is interesting about it is that it started off at Paramount and it was going to be released in theaters. But obviously with coronavirus it can't so instead of uh postponing the release they decided to sell it to netflix um and i i do think that that was a great decision because i feel like this is like the perfect movie for netflix um i don't think i would have seen oh go ahead no, I'm about to say the same thing as you. Like, I don't know if I would have gone to the theaters and paid to see this. Yeah, because, like, I mean, I look at it, I'm like, ooh, this is a movie I want to watch, but I don't know if I would have... Yeah, it's just not one of those movies I would have been, like, really excited to run to the theaters and see. So like, I don't I'd be super interested theater. to see the numbers, like... Yeah. Like, I look at those numbers, but... <laughs> but, like, yeah. uh, you know, like, just seeing, like, how much money this movie made in its first week out with Netflix and... I just wonder if it would have flopped a bit if it was in the theaters. I don't know. Yeah, I do too. And I feel like I, this would be an interesting thing to know, but I would not be surprised at all if this was like the number one thing like right now on Netflix. And I just don't think it would have reached as wide of an audience right away, at least if it had been in the theaters. Yeah. So I feel like it was a good choice on Paramount's part. I hope they do this for more movies. I don't know. Me I mean, too. that's a whole other topic, but at least yeah, for the was... for the foreseeable future. Yeah, like obviously there are going to be certain films like Wonder Woman two, and like I don't even know what else coming out this summer. If I'm honest, was coming yeah. out this summer. I know in the Heights. I was really excited about and um I think was that like Tom Cruise airplane movie <laughs> what's it called? Yeah. Uh, Top <laughs> like, Gun. Yeah, Top yeah. Gun, whatever. Um was I don't know, I think I feel like that was coming out this summer. Like I, that like those type of big blockbuster movies obviously do bring people to the theaters, so that's why they're pushing that out another year. But I do feel like with movies like this, it's like such a fun, you know, gift that we can still see them and not have to wait forever and kind of just like still experience new films, even though we can't actually go to theaters like we want to. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It'll be weird to see. Uh, I think it'll be those indie movies and I guess movies that might not have yeah been big blockbusters in the first place like you said that are going to be streaming and 
even the ones that have really come on like whatever streaming service and are rentable for, you know, 20 bucks or whatever, like it's a little steeper of a price for a movie to rent at home for a night, but still right. less than what I'd probably spend at a movie theater or what a, two people right. would spend in a movie theater. So like I've been happy to rent those and be able to see some movies still that are new and fresh. Yeah, definitely. I think it takes a lot for me, even if I'm sharing the cost with one person or two people, to spend $20 just to rent a movie one night. And that's, yep. I get that it's like, oh, well, if there's two people, it's like you're basically paying the same as if you were going to the theater, but like a little bit less. And I'm like, yes, I see that. But when I'm paying to go to a theater, I'm sitting in a really nice seat, hopefully, and I get a big old screen. Yeah. Oh, it's like an experience, (laughs) right? Yeah, you're paying for the experience. And like when you have to pay the same amount, but you are still in your living room, it's kind of like, oh, well, I can just wait a little while to watch that. Yeah, I mean, I think of like, especially, you know, like going to Avengers Endgame, uh, you know, and having people like yelling in the audience and stuff like that. And you know, those experiences yeah, are, are really fun or like horror movies, that kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah. Even, yeah, I would say certain action movies can be fun in the theaters. But I mean, like, mm-hmm. as you know, I'm not a huge action movie person, but I think if there are certain films, obviously these are really old <laughs> I don't even know why these came to mind, but I just watched Jaws with my roommates the other night and one of them hadn't seen it. And it was really fun because it's like one of those movies that I have on DVD and I've seen it a bunch of times. And it's just like, every time I watch it, it's a good time. And um, I was just thinking about how fun that would have been to see in the theaters. Obviously I was not yet alive, but just on on that big screen, it just would have been like even more exciting. <laughs> so yeah. there's certain movies that really do have that. <laughs> oh, I would love to see it on a big screen with a bunch of people. This is, we're going down a little rabbit hole here, but the first time <laughs> I saw that movie, um, I was actually, it was a, a beach showing of the movie and it was on a big projector <gasps> right by the ocean. And I was like very young and I was terrified, absolutely <laughs> terrified. Like, <laughs> I just I I thought the shark I thought I thought a shark was gonna like pop out of the sand and eat me. Oh, for sure. I I think I like walked out halfway through. Like it's one of the first movies I can think of where I was like genuinely like I can't do this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's funny because I have a huge like it's it's honestly it's insane, but like my one of my biggest fears are sharks. And sharks do not pose a threat to my everyday life. I live in the Midwest. <laughs> like, I, sharks are not a problem for me, but they terrify me. And, and they have ever since I was young. Like, I went to Florida when I was, like, five, and I, like, wouldn't go in the ocean because I thought the shark was going to eat me. And I didn't even see Jaws young. <laughs> so I don't know where that came from. Yeah, I feel um, like it's, like, one of those inherent fears. That yeah. The Jaws are so good. <laughs> yes. And so, like, it's weird because, like, like sharks terrify me but they also like fascinate me and i am drawn to shark movies and like shark week and like stuff like that because it's like just like i think how i am drawn to horror movies like i think it's like that little bit of like adrenaline rush in a way because it's like it's just so terrifying um but exciting at the same time right but it was funny because one of my roommates who hadn't seen it she was like laughing at some of it because of like it was from the 70s and stuff and i'm like I was like mad at her. I was like, stop it. This is terrifying. <laughs> like, they did an amazing job for 1975. Like, <laughs> this really the technology good. that went into that shark was amazing. Okay. <laughs> they struggled so much. The boat, you know, the boat sank and like all this stuff happened. Like, it, it was just like a mess, but they like made it happen. I'm like coming out with all these like nerdy like movie facts. And like, <laughs> Jaws has like a, a boatload of those. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. You're canceled. Just kidding. Well, okay, now that we did that, little, that to like, Jaws uh detour. <laughs> I mean, we liked the movie, right? The movie was good. I, I mean I'd recommend it to really anybody, especially right now, if you're looking for like a more chill, like relaxed movie just to have fun with. Like I think this is perfect. I totally agree. Sorry for spoilers. This I feel like okay. Everyone attention <laughs> we are always going to do spoilers <laughs> i think that we could put it at the beginning of every episode but it's just kind of 
nice to lay it out now that we are a spoiler-filled podcast. Yeah, um, uh, it's fine. People just watch <laughs> movies and stuff beforehand. Yeah, if you would like to watch the film, we would recommend doing so before you listen to this. Obviously, this is this is the end of it, so you already you've already ruined it for yourself. But, anyways. All right. Um, so, and this was a, a little bit ago now that I watched it, but I did feel like it was, um, I don't know, just on topic for this movie. If if you watch the um, the Lovebirds and you're kind of looking for more, um, I don't know, more goofy, active rom coms, then I was actually pleasantly surprised by the long shot or long shot. Uh, came out last year uh, and stars uh, Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen. Um, and it was just, have you seen it? Yeah, so um, I saw it in theaters. Uh, I think I'm the only person in America. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I saw it in a theater in a suburb at like 10, like almost 10 p.m. or something like that. And so like literally... We were the only people in the theater, just my roommate and I. And then we left, and we did not see one other person when we left the theater. We were, like, really creeped out. Um, <laughs> so that was an interesting experience. It's just, I doubt it did very well. I, I remember seeing a trailer, and I was like, I have no interest in seeing that. And then what? I had heard people say, like, oh, yeah, like, uh, it's surprisingly good. And I think it's way better than it has any right to be. Uh, but I don't know. <laughs> Okay, I want to hear more about why you said it that way, but I feel like this would have been a great example of a movie that would have killed it on Netflix. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And like, I mean, I just like, I don't know. I really like, I actually really do like Seth Rogen um, and I like Charlize Theron. I just like, we, we, you know, we talked about it earlier, like, oh, let's throw these two actors together and just see what happens. Yeah. Like, from yeah. a trailer, I was like, oh, that's what it looks like. It's just going to be some right. thing everybody forgets about. And everybody did forget about it, but for a bad reason, because it is actually really funny. And I think Charlize Theron is really funny in it. Um, yes. Seth Rogen is still just Seth Rogen. I feel like that's the biggest deterrent is like, I feel like <laughs> he had a really solid character there. And like, yeah. at times they just like made him the Seth Rogen character. But at the same time, yeah. I also... I also think he's just really funny anyways. And <laughs> so I didn't mind too much. I just thought like there was more to him there that like he can really show off. And then like all totally. of a sudden it's like, oh, like it's just going to be like <laughs> the same old joke there. Sure, so. sure, sure. I thought it was because I think sometimes when when two people are put together and it's like, oh, my God, like that woman is so much more attractive than that guy. Like this is not believable. I can, I can get really caught up on that. And I totally believed them. I was like, of course, yeah, they, they're in love. Like, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, it was really like, cute. And he's cute. Fun. Like, he is cute. And I, mm-hmm. I feel like it's not something that you ever really think about with him. But that movie definitely gave him that that, that showcase, I feel like. Yeah, and it was like, it was like, I don't know, raunchy, but like a fun raunchy that didn't feel like over the top. I don't know. I was just super surprised by how good that movie was. Yeah. I'm glad to hear you liked it, too. Yeah, I really liked it. That's the reason all I can think about is when he falls on the stairs. Yeah. It's... <laughs> and just like slams his face on the ground. And, like, <laughs> so funny. Um, but yeah, that I love that. I I really enjoyed that movie. And actually someone recently, one of our friends asked like, oh, please like recommend a rom-com to me. Like I, I need one and I don't know what to watch. And I, I recommended The Long Shot because I feel like it is so underappreciated and deserves more attention. So that's funny that you brought that up. Yeah, yeah. So that's my that's that's what I watched more recently. And then this the other thing here that I want to call out because it's very new to Netflix and I already finished all of it was uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender um, came back on Netflix and it was such an amazing nostalgia trip. Like I loved that show like thirteen years ago, whenever you know two thousand seven, and like uh, it just holds up really well as like kids show, but also just like. I don't know, good animation, like good storylines, like uh, um, it's just so nice going back to a show that you cared about so much when you were younger and just being completely satisfied going through it again. So um, I finished that. I'm going to watch Legend of Korra now, too. It's just been super like, again, it's these relaxing stuff that I'm watching and watching this cartoon that I watched when I was younger is super relaxing. Um, Yeah, I think everybody should watch it. (laughs) 
Um, so the only Airbender related thing I've seen is the live action movie. Oh, oh my heart. <laughs> <laughs> You know, to tell you, so you should. I think you would really like that show. Um, if you watched it, it's yeah. not very long, it's only three seasons, and I don't know, just the, the characters in that show are really amazing. People just like, I feel like that show is like it just gives people like so much happiness and like content. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it totally does. Like, I felt that when I was watching it, it was just like. I don't know, especially knowing where everybody ends up at the end. Like, it just, like, it felt so good to see how quickly they got to, like, and specifically Zuko, really the main uh, antagonist for the first couple of seasons. Like, his story arc is really, really impressive for how far they take him in three, three series where they have to stick with pretty simplistic plots in each episode for a children's show. Like, uh, yeah, it's just impressive through and through, so starting legend of Korra right now so next time we talk you'll probably be talking about that as well <laughs> yes okay um so one thing that made me think of when you were saying that it was like a nostalgic for you was um, my roommates and i watched camp rock nice <laughs> have you seen that uh i mean probably when it was not like airing you know forever ago i have like a weird relationship to it because I think when the people in the Disney movie are actually around your age or, you know, I think they are older, like they're a bit older than us, but it was like they were close enough to our age that it felt like not cool anymore. I don't know. That was just me. Like more so like high school musical is like the prime age for me to like love Disney channel movies. So like when Camp Rock came along, I think you kind of had to like pretend to play it cool. Like we're just too old for this, but we'll just like watch it like just to be funny. Like, do you mean when it came out originally? Yeah. Okay. I feel like I'm trying to remember when did that come out? Um, that's actually a great question. Because I was, I remember watching Camp Rock 2, but I don't remember watching Camp I mean, that's, Rock 1. That, okay, at least Camp Rock 1. That was 2008. Like, I feel like that was, <laughs> that was the bee's knees. <laughs> okay, maybe I just like missed the boat or something. Because then when... Camp Maybe Rock Camp Rock 2, I could see that coming out and people being like, I don't yeah, know yeah, if yeah. I'm supposed to like this anymore and be like, uh, in, like angsty about it. But... Okay, so Camp Rock 2 came out in 2010, which means yeah. we, I think we were sophomores in high school. So it's like really not cool anymore to like Camp Rock. And oh, oh, <laughs> we kind of watched the it ironically. Rock. <laughs> the Joe Bros. I was Man. never really in also, I was never really into the Joe Bros. And I, I weirdly feel like proud of myself, even though I don't like shouldn't be. But like I somehow missed that boat. So I think that's another reason why I was never like obsessed with Camp Rock. But I obviously I do have nostalgic feeling towards it. And we watched it and it was a great time. And it was so funny because I've forgotten so much of it that it was kind of like a new experience. <laughs> But it still had those very familiar songs like that I would listen to all the time. Like, hot in here, baby. <laughs> like, <laughs> the like ridiculousness. Like that's definitely yeah, I, just, I definitely never like, thought no, a second but Adam, just, uh, That's a Jonas Brothers song that's not from Camp Rock. Okay, go on. What it's totally <laughs> in the first one, right? Wait, no, sing sing it again. No, you had one chance. Burning up. You were singing. You were singing. Burning, burning up. up. Burning up. Camp Rock. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's funny, kind of looking back on those, especially when it's like Camp Rock One came out, or the original Camp Rock came out in 2008, and then 2010. It's like you're too cool. Uh, I don't know. Just yeah. you're like, oh no, I can't. I can't like the city war. It's like you know there there were millions of girls, anybody, millions of people like across. Because the United States that were like, I'm gonna watch this alone. <laughs> I'm gonna love it. And I'm gonna go to school the next day and pretend, pretend like I never saw. It. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, had to play it cool. I know, like, I really, I liked Nick the most as the Cassie, and so we were really glad that in Camp Rock Two he got his own song. Um, and it's it's just you know musically and just vocally so impressive. <laughs> I'm of course great. kidding, but still a great time. Great time. Um, 
So our recommendations are Avatar, Airbender, and uh, Camp Rock, because we decided to never grow up. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I love that. I really do. Um, So I have an idea for our next episode, and I'm putting you on the spot, because I don't know what you'll say. But I want to watch Twilight and talk about it. What are your thoughts and feelings? Yeah, I guess we could. I did revisit them relatively recently on a on a, on a gloomy day, so I don't know if I have it in me to like go through all of them again. But yeah, it might be fun. What if? Well, I was just thinking the first one. We wouldn't go past that. Yeah, well, and, and if we enjoy it, maybe we could do the rest. I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm going to watch the rest, but I'm not <laughs> saying that you have to. Maybe I'll I'll just sleep on this one, but yeah, for I'm sure, intrigued. for sure. I'm intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like it could be a fun thing to talk about because it is so absurd, and I it's been a few years since I've seen it, and I'm I'm anxiously awaiting all of my new thoughts and opinions. <laughs> I'm anxiously awaiting my own thoughts. I didn't watch the first again, so I don't know if I've ever actually seen the first one, now that I think about it. Um, excuse me? <laughs> I've only um, seen all of the sequels, not the not the first. I well, think. How, do, how does one do that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know I'm how saying, that happens, but now that I'm I, really thinking, I don't think I've seen the first, at least the entirety of the first, maybe just like the ending of it. I don't know how Cassie or any other person who's a fan would think of this but the first movie might be the best and here's why they were like a little indie film that hadn't really blown up yet and it is genuinely so funny like it's it's basically a comedy <laughs> wait you're telling me that the original to. twilight movie was an <laughs> indie film yes it was i'm pretty sure it was i mean I'm I'm pretty positive, um, but like, it is it doesn't take itself that seriously yet because I feel like basically from then on, it's like funny, but it also is like thinks that it's a big deal, and the first movie like knows it's not a big deal, <laughs> and yeah. it's just so funny. Like I genuinely laugh so much. Like I watched it a few years ago, and just like I was like that was such a good time. Like <laughs> it's just a great great time. Um, but yeah, definitely think that over, especially if you've not seen it. So I guess I don't know enough about like numbers for like box office stuff, but because I was so surprised that you said the Twilight is an indie film, it did make $393 million in the box office. That doesn't feel like an indie film to me, but I don't know. Okay. That being said, all the other ones made double that. So it was definitely much smaller yeah. than others. But maybe I do. I, I, mean, I feel like maybe we have to do. We have. We should do an episode on the first one then. If I actually have never seen it, I'm not. I don't think I have. Even if you've seen parts of it, it's just not the same as seeing the whole thing. So I, I really think yeah. we do need to correct this. Um, I, I'm not mad at you or anything. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> this is something that we really need to fix. Um, I want to figure out because, like, something. What makes something an indie movie is that it's made by an independent production company correct uh i have no idea (laughs) okay i feel like i've always been embarrassed to not know that either (laughs) (laughs) but i feel like i thought that's what it was but it's made by a small production company okay it's made by summon entertainment i don't know if the first one was but i don't think summon is considered small so who knows the Twilight film, important to indie cinema, is impossible to underestimate. Turned down by a major studio, they featured no recognizable stars and were produced on a close to shoestring budget with minimal SFX in real locations. So, yeah, you're for sure right. Yeah. I think what we Leave learned tonight right. is that I'm always right. You're always right. It's that's yeah. just so it's so wild. So I'm just curious. I I always thought that the I may even dismissed remembering, but I thought the books were like immensely famous and then the first movie came out but maybe the were super famous but i don't know that um you know like someone is gonna i 
think Twilight kind of started an era of like, oh, you can make a lot of movie off, <laughs> you can like make a lot of money off of something that young adults, all these teenage girls like. <laughs> well, and I think it is like it did so well in the box office, but yeah, it only cost thirty nine million to make, which is pretty small for that type of movie, and right. Everybody was like, holy shit, how did this do so well? And yeah, everybody in it, I guess Robert Pattinson was in Harry Potter, but right, it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think what's interesting about it is that it kind of started a trend where it was like, oh, like these like YA books, oh, they can actually make us like, a lot of money. And like it was like Hunger Games was next. And then like they tried to do it with Divergent and like they tried, you know, they tried many others as well. Um, yeah. but definitely, I think maybe just, they just didn't expect, quite expect the reaction they got, which I mean, how Yeah, cool. like, well, it's kind of cool to, like, look back at it. It is really cool. I mean, it is a, it like, is the impact it had on the culture is insane. Yeah. But anyways, we digress. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was our episode on the Lovebirds. Um, please tune in in two weeks for our next episode, hopefully about Twilight. <laughs> bye. Are you gonna say bye? Bye. I don't know. If we did that. <laughs> to keep up with new episodes, subscribe to Avid Watchers wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Avid Watchers and like us on Facebook. Check out our magazine on aviditymag.com for more content. Avid Watchers is hosted and produced by Mary-Kate Cheetah and Adam Nix, and is also edited by Mary-Kate Cheetah. Original music is by Logan Johnson. <laughs>